Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We are coming to you from the SeatGeek studio and the mini camp portion of the off-season calendar has come to a close, which means the entire off-season program is now in the books. Now, Cliff, <laughs> it's off time. It's vacation season. Yes. Ryan Mank already got a head start on vacation season. He's well into it. He skipped mandatory minicamp. Heavy fines will be coming his way <laughs> for skipping mandatory minicamp. Uh, but we were here, and uh, minicamp's in the books, and, and now it's a little break before uh, training camp opens in late July. So Cliff and I are here to give you our takeaways of what we saw throughout this week and, and kind of where this team stands uh, at this point of the offseason going into training camp. So after watching practice this week, what stands out to you? Well, I guess you got to start with the obvious with OBJ, the fact that he's here participating in drills, looking healthy and in a really good place mentally. That is something that, yeah, going into camp, that was probably the number one question. What's he going to look like? Now we've seen him. We've heard from him. All systems go look like with him. And then the fact that he's going to get together with Lamar yeah. uh, before training camp. More, more good news there. So, I would start with that. And then uh, I guess the letter O is big because I think David Ojabo is another Ooh, okay. guy All right. who I feel is uh, trending upward. Um, I thought he was impressive doing OTAs. And then minicamp, I believe he's built on that. He's, he, you know, he, I, he was a really a favorite player of mine at Michigan. And uh, we all know, you know what happened with the injury at the pro day and really kind of ruined his rookie season. I think he's all the way back. Uh, in fact, maybe even better. You know, he's had a year to get stronger, you know, more mature. He's still a young guy. He's still a guy who hasn't played a lot of football in his life. So he's definitely one guy who I feel is trending in the right direction. Yeah. Let's hang on Ajabo for a second here because I'm with you. I mean, when I watch him, like, he definitely looks like a guy where the injury is a distant memory. Like, it does not at all seem like he's – getting nursed along or held back like and he's playing with energy and swagger which i would say like is is great first of all and you know for a second year player some guys have that some guys don't but for a guy who like really hasn't played much like at all like he's playing with at a, a level from an energy standpoint and from a confidence standpoint that i would say is kind of rare for a guy who's in his situation. And I like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I just like that the energy that he's bringing, like there was one play uh, in Wednesday's practice where he basically, it was a RPO play. He shot into the backfield, 
brought that. I mean, he didn't actually tackle Lamar, but got to Lamar for what would have been a couple yard loss, and he was celebrating it. <laughs> and like, it seems like after plays, whether he makes the play or other guys make the play, he's celebrating it. Um, I just like the like the energy that he brings out there on the field. Like you can, he seems like a guy who is super confident in what he's able to do. Yeah, uh, very enthusiastic as you meant as you mentioned, brings a lot of energy. And I'm just wondering, as you were talking, like, you know, I mean, it's not a secret. He played for Mike McDonald at Michigan. And I think that, first of all, even though he's a young player, this system and this defensive concept is not foreign to him because he has that experience. Number two, he knows that Mike McDonald knows what he can do. Uh And it's kind of like, okay, he has a lot to prove as far as being an NFL player. But he doesn't have, I don't think, much to prove to McDonald because he's done it for him. And that might be freeing him up as a young player that he's not worried about making mistakes. He's not wor- wanting to feel like, well, you know, this coach, he doesn't really know me. And I'm, I have all these vets around. I'm trying to make a good first impression. He already has made his impression on Mike McDonald. So now they're just doing it in a new place. So, again, he, he doesn't look like he's playing like he's thinking too much, like he's not hesitating. As you mentioned, just confidence, which in a young player at this level, the highest level, you really like to see. Yeah, it is kind of puts, you know, at this point of the offseason, like now that the OTAs, minicamp, all that's done, and it, you kind of get into this mode where DaCosta and Harbaugh, they'll take stock of where the team is at this point. And if pass rusher is a position that we've all talked about the potential of adding somebody. Of course, we all know Justin Houston's still sitting out there mm-hmm. and the Ravens have signed him late in the process the, t- the past two years. And maybe they end up calling Justin Houston. Wouldn't hate that at all. No. And I feel like that would be a, a good move in a lot of ways. But if they, even if they don't do that, I'm feeling pretty good about that outside linebacker group. Tyus Bowser's working his way back. Mm-hmm. He did practice in a limited capacity during minicamp. So he's going to be, you know, back into the fold. And so with, you know, basically a job and Owe are taking all the, all the first team reps um, during practice. And both of those guys look pretty good. Owe I thought had a pretty yes, good week did. too. And so I just feel like that, that group is like, we've all talked about like almost, almost talking about it kind of like a foregone conclusion that Houston ends up back here. Maybe he does, but I don't know. Maybe we're assuming too much there. Well, yeah. I mean, that there's always a possibility in a situation like that that some team could come out of nowhere and offer him more. Mm-hmm. And I think Houston, if he's not just if it's just not Baltimore, if he has a list other than Baltimore, it's a short list because I think he has no interest in playing for a team that he doesn't feel has a chance to win at all. Yeah. So that cuts it down. He had a great experience here. He's had. So I feel like he, a big part of him would want to come back. So I think the chances are good that that might happen. But these two young players for sure, Ojabo and Owe, not only this year but moving forward, the plan is clear that they're a big part of the Ravens' defense for the next two, three, four years or longer. And so I think it's, it's time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's time for both of them, turn them loose, let them play, they're both great guys who want to be great. I love both of their attitudes. They work hard. It matters to them. So, yeah, either way, I think if Justin were to come back, 
he wouldn't play as many snaps as he did last year. Which probably year. would be a good thing. Yeah, right, which hopefully would help him be more effective. He wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah, so either way, uh, I think the Ravens, yeah, with Owe and Ojabo, this is their time, and they look like they're ready to rise to the occasion. All right, so let's go back to the other O who you started with, Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> okay. Um, not a ton of work over the course of the week, but enough to make me feel good about where he is. Right. I mentioned this in the podcast we did earlier in the week. The fact that he's out there going through 11 on 11 at this point in the process is encouraging to me. So I like what I've seen from him. Lamar Jackson talked about him this week. He likes what he's seen from him. Said he's really smooth. And those two guys, by the way, are going to get together after they leave here and spend some time together in Florida. So the work is going to continue for them. So, yeah, I I like what I've seen from him. I'm really... I'm, I'm encouraged there. And the other part beyond just the physical, which was the biggest question, is like, how's this guy look? How's he moving? Does he look fast? Does he look agile? Does he look like he's favoring anything? Like all of, the, all of those boxes were checked and you feel good about him on that front. I also liked, you know, he showed a little bit of leadership to me, um, which, look, everybody knows who he is. He's <laughs> got the biggest profile of anybody on this team. He even Lamar. Mm -hmm. It's not often. It hasn't been this way for a few years now uh, since Lamar's been on the team, but that there's somebody who overshadows him in a lot of ways, which is kind of crazy from a national standpoint, at least. Um, But, but of course, everyone knows who Odell is. And so he's come in here, and I like the attitude and the approach that he's taken with some of the younger players. And here's an example. In Wednesday's practice, you know, James Prochet had a couple of, had a drop and he was fired up about it and he was really mad and he was kind of, you know, stomping along the sidelines and, and disappointed, mad at himself. And uh, Odell went up to him and spent, spent some time talking to him and gave him some encouragement. And like, to me, that just showed that Odell is a guy who wants to embrace that leadership role and also wants to have a good rapport with his new teammates. He does. You know, this is a young player in Prochet that Odell is kind of taken under his wing in that moment you know he had a tough Prochet had a tough moment there and uh Odell kind of put his arm around him and looked like he said I don't know what he said but looked like he said hey you know you'll get him next time or whatever yeah he's been there Odell obviously you know he's been in almost every situation that yeah. you can imagine and uh yeah I, I do think that at 30 he, he talked about it that you know guys now come up to him and say hey I watched you when I was in high school you know I looked <laughs> up to you so, yeah, he realizes, even though he's certainly not old, that he's playing with a lot of guys who are younger than him and who, who look up to him. And, yes, for Prochet, for Bateman, for Duvernay, I think having o- Odell, who's clearly willing to share his knowledge and try and keep them up, it's great to have him as setting an example. But, you know, obviously the bigger impact is going to be what he does on the <laughs> field. And as you said – Seeing him look this good this early makes you really optimistic about how he's going to be week one. Yeah. So after watching minicamp, I'm curious in your mind, would you say the offense or the defense won? I'd give it to the defense. I would too. They got their hands on a lot of balls. No question. I just felt like the secondary, whether it was the first team secondary, Marlon Humphrey had a pick in practice on Wednesday, or Darius Washington had a pick on uh, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Like, they were getting their hands on a lot of footballs. Kyle Hamilton was flying around. Mm-hmm. I just felt like they were around the football a lot over the course of 
minicamp practice. Yeah, linemen were getting bat downs, yeah, you know. Yeah, batted balls at the line scrimmage. Right. Um, yeah, well, you know, obviously Roquan and PQ out there buzzing around. I'm not making excuses for the offense. I think part of it is that, yeah, they're learning more. They're more in the learning process with the new offensive coordinator, um, different plays, personnel groups. They are the ones who have more learning to do. And so I think that's kind of, you know, helping the defense have an edge now. But I won't take away from how the defense is played. I think it's going to be great work for them looking ahead to training camp on both sides. Um, working with that wide receiver against that wide receiver core is only going to help the corners. Um, yeah, I think that working against this defense is only going to help, you know, the offense as far as being more sharp. But, yes, the defense, I thought, definitely had the edge in this mandatory mini camp, And, yeah, I think that, you know, that's a good sign moving forward for that unit. Yeah. Yeah, I, and also like the offense, a handful of players on this starting offense weren't here over the course of offseason practices mm-hmm. up until minicamp. Ronnie Stanley, Kevin Zeitler, Odell, um, Mark Andrews was was here for a portion. Um, so they're still, it's a new system. Mm-hmm. They're still coming together. So you would kind of think that the offense at this stage, and historically speaking, I will say that early in training camp, during the offseason practices, the offense is often a little bit behind where the defense is, in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not really a, a surprise. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I did like what I saw from the defense. Um, and then, you know, the other thing on offense that is – is a little difficult to tell. Like, we all expect there to be more of a, much more of a passing attack with Todd Monka's offense. But generally in these practices, a lot of the focus during the 11-on-11 work, especially right now when there's no physical contact, is going to be on the passing attack already. Mm -hmm. You know, going through just nonstop of the running game doesn't get you very far because there's not full contact practices anyway right now. Um but did you have any sense of kind of what this run game will look like in your mind, knowing that it's much different without Greg Roman here? Uh, to be honest, no. I it's mean, tough, right? It's a surprise. I mean, it'll be a surprise yet to come what the run, run game is going to look like. Um, because I, I found it interesting, not surprising, but interesting, too, in Monk's comments since he's gotten a job, he fully says that, look, the run game, is impressive. When I look at tapes of the Ravens, the Ravens ran the football, I'm impressed. So he's not – doesn't sound like for someone he's ready to tear up that part of the game just because he's a new OC. Right. So, sure, the, the passing game, I think, is where you will see his biggest impact. And also a couple of guys who have looked good, minicamp, building what they did, OTAs, are the two young tight ends. Uh, Isaiah Likely, who – made certainly plays last year to let you know that he's got a lot of ability. And then Charlie Kohler certainly has come on uh, this offseason, looks fully healthy, and he's making plays too. So, you know, Ty Mongan, now I think people are wondering even more with an all-pro tight end with like Mark Andrews and now two talented young tight ends, how, do, how are all the tight ends going to fit? And if we know Mark Andrews is going right. to be a big piece of the pie. But will he look to utilize – 
you know, two tight end sets more than he. Well, this is maybe, so, uh, this yeah. is well done, Cliff. I had this email pull up. <laughs> I had this email pulled up at the start of the episode, right. and I didn't even tell you about this, but you just naturally <laughs> led into this question. Okay, so as always, you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Will emailed us, and the question is about formations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Ravens have lived in two tight end formations over the last four seasons with Greg Roman. What's your guess on the if it's game one, play one? Okay, it's week one, <laughs> season opener. Do the Ravens come out with a three receiver set, or do they stick with two tight ends? And do you believe that the three receivers would be Flowers, OBJ, Aguilar, or do who are those three receivers, and who's in the slot? All right, so a couple of different questions wow. there. Okay. All right, so so. Let's just. I'll take the question of three receivers. I think that it would be. Uh, <laughs> he left out Bateman too. I think it's Bateman, mm-hmm. OBJ, and Duvernay in the slot mm, right okay. now. Okay. okay, right now. Yeah. Week one. Mm-hmm. Week one, play one here, Will. Okay. Right. Now Zay Flowers <laughs> could end up, I think, cracking that group certainly, mm-hmm. and all. It'll be interesting. Do they use him more as a slot? Do they use him outside because he has the ability to play both? But I think right now, if it was starting the season, it'd be OBJ, Rashad Bateman, and Devin Duvernay. That mm-hmm. would be my. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. Okay. All right. So now let's go to the tight end question, mm-hmm. as you were just talking about it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, would it be a three receiver set or would it be a two tight end set there? And how do the Ravens use these tight ends in this new offense? Yeah, I think I would lean towards the three wide receiver set, you know, week one, play one. And at that, you would see more of that than the two tight end set week one against who are they playing? Houston? Yes. But I do think that a lot of it's going to depend on matchups. Where do they think? they have the biggest advantage. If they're playing a team that, you know, is is playing soft coverage and, you know, they feel like, you know, wide receivers, they're going to, you know, have not as much of an advantage with wide receivers and two tight ends might give them more advantage. They have linebackers who can't cover. Yep. Then, yeah, I mean, Andrews is a tough cover, period, for anybody. Then you put Likely out there next to him. Most, a lot of teams don't have – two guys who can cover big, agile targets like that. So I just think matchups, it's kind of like, you know, uh, it's matchups. It's kind of like in basketball. Where do you have the biggest advantage? One week it'll be wide receivers. Next week it'll be tight ends. But I think that they have the option now, even more so than maybe they thought back in January, that if they want to use multiple tight end sets next year or this season coming up, that they'll be able to do that. Yeah, I, and I, I I agree with you. And I and we talked about this uh, in the podcast earlier this week. Like Charlie Kohler looked good at practice. Yeah. So like if you feel if you feel to your point, like you've got three really good tight ends, then you're going to find a way to get them on the field. And Todd Munkin talked about that this week. Like he wants to find ways to get his best players on the field. Mm-hmm. So if that's three tight ends, if that's two tight ends, if that's three receivers, he's going to be creative in how all that works and how all that plays out. And then the other factor is receiver health. Rashad Bateman did practice during minicamp, had a cortisone shot in his foot as he's continuing to recover from the Liz Frank. I'm not sounding the alarm there. He was out there watching practices right. and standing on the sidelines. So, you know, I'm not like sounding the alarm that he's not practicing in minicamp in June, right. coming back from a Liz Frank injury. Um, but 
you know, I think a lot of it comes down to health and where those guys are um, and what that receiving core looks like. If they're feeling like they need to put more tight ends out there, then they will. Right. So, all right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll give you our final thoughts on mini camp and look ahead to the upcoming training camp schedule. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. You're listening to the Lounge Podcast, and we want our listeners to know that DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens, and it has a limited-time offer that you don't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. The code that you want to use is FLOCK, and then once you get that, if you're a new customer, you can get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code FLOCK. Make sure you play responsibly, and for help, Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. you got to be 21 or older and physically present in Maryland. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Again, the code is FLOCK at DraftKings. So we are sitting here in the SeatGeek studio, Cliff, breaking down everything that we have seen at minicamp and over the course of the off-season program. So just to give a little bit of a preview here, we've got an episode coming out next week with Roquan Smith. Okay. And uh, we had a chance to talk with Roquan. And uh, I think listeners and viewers, that's going to be a video that you can watch on YouTube as well, are going to be really excited to hear from Roquan. And, uh, man, like, it's a little preview. I'm not going to reveal too much. But (laughs) I I just, like, I get the sense in hearing from him that he has big expectations for this year. And based on what I watch on the field, I mean, he is nonstop. Like, when the defense runs on the field, he's the first guy leading the defense on the field. Like, he is a leader in every sense of the word, and we saw that this week. The other piece of news on Roquan, Mike McDonald shared this week that the plan is for him to wear the green dot. Right. Chuck Clark wore the green dot for the past few years. Typically, a linebacker wears it. Roquan's here now. He's the natural fit. Absolutely. Not a big surprise that he's going to be the guy. He never comes off the field, but Mike confirmed that Roquan's going to be the guy. Right, natural fit. And, yeah, Roquan, again, as you mentioned, I think, Fans are going to really want to listen to the podcast, hear what he has to say. Uh, he is clearly highly motivated <laughs> <laughs> for this season in every way. That's really all I'm going to say. To me, it made me excited listening to him. Mm-hmm. And you could just feel sitting across from him the vibe. And that's that's the vibe that he has in the locker room. Uh, that, yes, he is a special player who was really respected before he got here, but now that guys have had a chance to play with him, uh, I think that he's really going to put his stamp as the leader of this defense uh, starting next season. Yeah, and, and Patrick Queen, I thought, had a really strong minicamp as well, and, and one of the practices, I mean, he, he flies he flies around the football, and like, 
there's a couple times where he would have lit somebody up. Like on one play, it was in the flat and running back coming out on the little, you know, pass out of the backfield. And that dude would have gotten lit up by Patrick Queen. And there was a couple moments like that. I thought he looked pretty good in pass coverage, too. Um, you know, there was a few passes in his direction. I thought he held up well in pass coverage. Um, so, yeah, he was flying around the football. I, I liked what I saw from PQ. The other guy I want to get your take on is Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he had a play at one point in practice where he, you know, came down hard on Isaiah Likely, and um, that was a pretty competitive portion of practice. Um, and, you know, he pulled – again, he pulled up. It's not like he laid him out or anything. But, um, you know, he – I liked the instincts. I liked the speed. I liked that he was in the right place, you know, for a big hit, um, you know, if it was an actual game. What were your impressions of Kyle playing that safety role? Yeah, I think that Kyle is it's, – it's common to see – guys take a jump rookie year to second year. And I think that we're going to see that from Kyle Hamilton, even though he was coming on strong, I thought, at the end of last year and played his best football late in the season. Now we have saw him take a lot of reps uh, during mandatory minicamp and OTAs at deeper safety away from the line of scrimmage where he can really use his athleticism and ability to cover a lot of ground. And I think he and Marcus Williams, another guy who looks really good, has looked really good uh, at minicamp, that combo, that's got to be one of the most athletic safety pairings in the NFL. And I think that Mike McDonald is going to allow those guys to use that ability to really make it, you know, quarterbacks got to think twice now. If you want to take a deep shot down the middle of the field against the Ravens, you've got... Marcus Williams back there. You've got Kyle Hamilton. Don't know where he's going to line up and can do so many things, so many places. Yeah, I mean, you asked specifically about Kyle Hamilton, and he looks very good. But I think that pairing together uh, is going to do a lot of things that really they weren't in position to do last year. Marcus Williams missed some times with an injury. Kyle Hamilton played a lot of different positions. So they really weren't in the classic combo Mm -hmm. safety role but I think you'll see more of that this year and I think that's going to be good for the defense yeah and I think a question that we've all had is who's going to end up playing that nickel role I think it's still open I don't think that there's clarity there but a guy who maybe we've been leaving out of the conversation who he shouldn't Mm -hmm. is our Darius Washington he had a pick in practice one of the days he was active he was around the ball this is a guy who's made the team as an undrafted player he's had some injuries but still a talented player I think we maybe are overlooking him a little bit in that mix. Like, as we've been talking about it, it's like, okay, Pepe, okay, Marlon could slide in there, Jalen Armour Davis could be the third corner, Brandon Stevens, you know, Trayvon Mullen. Like, all those are guys that we've mentioned. But I think that our Darius Washington is somebody to keep an eye on there. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you know, Pepe and Jalen Armour Davis have missed time, you know, on the field during this offseason, particularly Pepe. So... That has opened up more reps for other guys. And Ardaris is one of those players who has taken the, that advantage of that opportunity. He's active, feisty. And, I mean, John Harbaugh has mentioned that that's one of the areas, that so-called third corner, nickel corner, it's up for grabs. And so no decisions have been made, I don't think, based on what we've seen in a three-day mandatory minicamp. But, yeah, Washington is certainly someone who has flashed helped himself, and I think, yes, he's clearly in the competition. Yeah. 
All right, so before we wrap, Cliff, any final thoughts here on guys that really stood out to you that we need to keep an eye on um, that impressed you over the course of the offseason program? Um, you know, I, I like where this team is. Like, I'll say this. I'll give you some time to think about this, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. yeah, I've, 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 I, I like roster-wise where this team is. I think the offensive line is going to be really good. I think the left guard battle is still going to be – that's going to last up until training camp. Um but the rookie Sal is in the mix now, I think firmly there. Uh, John Simpson is certainly still in the mix. Ben Cleveland is still there um, as a potential option. You know, I, I think McCarry likely ends up as one of the a, a swing tackle and basically a jack-of-all-trades backup who could fill in at any position. But I like the offensive line. I like the offensive line. I like the tight end group. I feel like it's really talented. We've got different types of guys there. Um, and I thought they all really came on. The second-year players, likely in Kohler, I thought they came on. And, of course, Mark Andrews is a beast, so you're set there. Um, and the, the receiving core, you know, John Harbaugh talked at minicamp. He talked about how in his, uh, in his house he's got a pool room, and uh, he's got some, some pictures on the wall, you know. Uh, NFL head coaches are just like us, right? They've got they got their room where they've got their sports memorabilia, and he's got some pictures on the wall. And one of the pictures on the wall is Torrey Smith, Steve Smith, and Jacoby Jones from that team uh, in 2014. And uh, pretty good receiving core, those three guys. And he feels like this receiving core, as it stands right now, could rival that one. Could Who knows? Maybe it's better. Uh, but he, he feels like this is maybe the best they've had since then. Um, and I think on paper that looks like it's the case. Yeah. And, um, and so I feel good about that. You know, then the defense, we spent a good amount of time talking about the defense. I, I, I still, you know, I think secondary is still an option if the Ravens end up adding somebody there. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me, like they've had some injuries there, so if they end up wanting to sign somebody to give them some depth in the secondary, like I wouldn't rule out that possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, but I, I just feel good about where this roster is. I just think that, like, top to bottom, I don't see glaring holes. I think the weaknesses are more depth weaknesses than top-end weaknesses. And um, I, I think that the Ravens should feel pretty confident about where this roster is going into training camp. So, you've had time now, all right? I gave you time. <laughs> I gave you time, gave time to think about uh, right. any other final guys who've stood out to you. Yeah, I mean, one area we haven't talked about because it's not as sexy that we should is the defensive line. Mm, good, uh, good Michael Pierce is here, beginning of all season, looks great. Uh, Justin Matabuike looks great. Uh, Travis Jones, Broderick Washington, you know, Brent Urban. They have a deep defensive line now. Obviously, loss of Calais Campbell is something that's going to have to be made up for. But this is a big year for all those guys that I've mentioned. And, you know, we talk about a lot of things, but the Ravens, one of their stamps has always been stopping the run. And I think this is the time where the defensive line, these young guys have a chance to blossom and set the tone as really a newer, younger defensive line that is going to establish itself as one, A, stop the run, and hopefully add a little pass rush punch as well. But that's a key. I mean, if the Ravens can keep teams in second and long, third and long, then a lot of these other things we're talking about, the pass rush, the secondary, that makes their job so much easier. You're going against, you know, guys like, you know, Nick Chubb twice a year. You know, if you can't stop the run, then to me that compromises the rest of the defense. So. Great sign that Michael Pierce looks good. Matt Abuike looks tre- tremendous. Yep. Um, physically, just, you know, cut. Uh, 
Travis Jones. We saw flashes of what he could do before injury kind of set him back. Broderick Washington, Brent Urban, the veteran. Yeah, they they have an interesting front that's kind of got a new look, and I have high hopes of that. And if that if that unit comes together, that's just going to make the whole defense tougher. Yeah, totally. So I, I think it's a good point. I, I like this D line. I think it's a good group, really good group, even without Calais Campbell. Um, and now there's an opportunity for some of these young guys to step up. It's their time. And then, of course, you got Roquan and Patrick <laughs> Queen. If those guys are dominating. They can dominated, clean up any messes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and if you if they have freedom to roam, you keep the offensive line and the tight ends away from those guys. Yep. They wreck havoc. Yep, totally. Um, so I mentioned the Roquan Smith conversation we had with him. Stay tuned for that uh, early next week. That's going to be um, – coming out and that'll be again a video and an audio podcast so you do not want to miss that one uh, if you miss any of the press conferences from minicamp you can check out the ravens press pass podcast feed all the pressers are posted there in their entirety and um it's been a good offseason program rookies are still here for one more week so we're going to try to catch, catch up with uh you know one of the one or two of the rookies before they take off and um, see what they have to say going into their first training camp. So thank you so much for listening. You can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We will talk with you again next week. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Redwood Forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.